Hello, welcome to my podcast, A Journey with Vanessa Chu. I'm Vanessa, and this is part two of my episode on forgiveness. Last week, I talked about forgiving others, and this week, I wanted to talk about forgiving yourself. If you haven't listened to part one yet, consider listening to that episode before this one so you have the full context of what I shared and how it relates to what I'll be talking about in this episode. Part one is called How to Forgive Someone Who Broke Your Heart. Last week, I shared how one of my closest friends told me he was in love with me and I was in love with him too, except he was, and still is, married. I talked about how things ended and how I've been struggling to forgive him for how he handled the situation. And I've also shared how I've come to realize that forgiveness isn't about forgiving him, the person who hurt me, for their sake, but about forgiving myself for my sake so that I can move forward in my life, so that I can live my life free from that pain and anger that I was carrying around for years, so I can stop imprisoning myself in my suffering. So this week, I wanted to talk about self-forgiveness because that's another part of this whole moving forward thing. Forgiving myself for being the other woman has been really, really tough. Sure, I blamed him for ruining our friendship by telling me how he felt and then taking no responsibility for the outcome of his actions, but I also blamed myself for getting involved with him, knowing that he would not choose me in the end. From the very beginning, I knew he would stay with his wife and I never wanted him or asked him to leave her. I also tried to minimize the grief and pain I was feeling from the loss of our friendship, and I did this a lot. I compared what I was going through to other people's losses that I thought were much bigger and way more significant than mine. And because I also blamed myself for being in the situation in the first place, I didn't think I had the right to grieve or be sad, and I felt like I needed to punish myself. Something that helped me stop comparing my suffering to other people's losses was a TEDx talk called Loss and Found by Corey Sirota. She's a grief, loss, and bereavement specialist. And while she focuses specifically on death and dying and how people are very uncomfortable talking about this topic, I resonated with a lot of what she said when I think about the loss of my friendship with this person. She says that society's definition of death can help or hinder the grief process. And she talks about two types of death, ones that are seen as quote-unquote acceptable, like dying from old age or from a long illness, and then ones that are seen as unacceptable or uncomfortable, like a miscarriage or a suicide or homicide. In my episode last week, I mentioned that when he ended things between us, I felt like somebody I loved deeply had died, which isn't totally inaccurate because our friendship and what we had did die and I mourned the loss of our friendship for a really long time. What made things even harder was that I had to mourn in private because in my mind, grieving and being sad over this lost friendship because of the circumstances we were in would probably be seen as unacceptable and uncomfortable in our society compared to, for example, grieving the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one. How was I supposed to tell people why I was so sad and heartbroken? In general, 
Our culture frowns on infidelity. There's a lot of judgment and not a lot of compassion, especially for the other woman. And the story is usually only seen from one side, the person who was cheated on. I didn't want to tell anyone because I felt pretty sure my friends and family would judge me and say, well, you brought this on yourself, and how could you do that? But Corey emphasizes the importance of not comparing our suffering with other people's because it's not a contest. We should not be ranking our grief and loss. What we feel is what we feel. She also talks about why we grieve the way we do. And it's not about who died or what caused the loss. It's about the relationship you had or didn't have with that person and what that person meant to you. Even though this person didn't die and he is still physically here on earth, the loss of our friendship was such a big deal to me because he was so special to me and meant so much to me and I had to let it go. Our friendship had died. Corey shared a story in her TEDx talk that really struck me and it was something one of her clients said to her once. She said, Today at the funeral home, you're burying a 23-year-old, and that's a tragedy. My husband was 86 years old, and he lived a long life. But you know what? If we're both wearing tight shoes, your pain is your pain, and my pain is mine. She adds, don't compare grief. Yours is all you know, and is equally as valid as anyone else's. Comparing my grief and loss to other people's losses that I thought were more socially acceptable losses did not help in my process of forgiving him or forgiving myself. Comparing my losses to other people's and minimizing what I was going through just made me feel worse and that I didn't deserve to be forgiven. I kept thinking things like, how could you do this, Vanessa? You're a screw up. Your family and friends are going to be mortified at what you've done, and they'll judge you. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're going to lose all of your friends. They're not going to want to associate with you anymore. They're going to be appalled at your behavior. And their kids that you love so dearly, yeah, forget about spending any time with them in the future. Your friends are going to think you're a bad influence on them. And sometimes I still have these thoughts in my head. Thankfully, I found a wonderful therapist to guide me through my toughest times. But no matter how much she told me I wasn't a bad person, and no matter how often my few friends who knew what I was going through told me that I wasn't a bad person, if I didn't believe it, it wasn't true. What you believe about yourself is way more important than what others believe about you. People can say all kinds of wonderful things about you, but if you don't believe them, their words don't mean much, no matter how well-intentioned or how true they might be. My therapist would tell me over and over again that I'm not a bad person, but I thought I was horrible. It took a lot of mindset work to truly convince myself that I'm not a bad person, I'm a good person who made a bad decision. Self-forgiveness wasn't in my vocabulary before, but after a lot of reading and learning, I now know how important it is on my journey to healing. I mentioned in an earlier episode, How to Silence Your Inner Critic, that I am my own worst critic and I'm the harshest on myself when I mess up. I gave some examples of how I criticized myself. The language I used to talk to myself was awful. It was self-destructive and it made me feel worthless. And when we negatively talk to ourselves and talk down to ourselves, 
our confidence levels drop, and then we enter a spiral of shame. Something that has helped me stop criticizing myself is realizing and accepting that I'm flawed and that all humans are flawed. We all mess up. That doesn't mean we avoid the consequences of our actions if we make an unhealthy decision. It means learning from our mistakes and doing better next time. As Maya Angelou once said, do the best you can until you know better. And when you know better, do better. And this is where compassion comes into play. It's almost as if I completely forget about compassion when it comes to showing compassion for myself. And compassion is all about realizing that we're humans and humans make mistakes. Kristen Neff is an associate professor at the University of Texas who has spent many, many years researching self-compassion. And I've been learning so much from studying her research. I'm just skimming the surface of her work, but one thing she mentions a lot when it comes to self-compassion is to be a friend to yourself and acknowledge that you're going through a hard time. This reminds me of something else I mentioned in my episode, How to Silence Your Inner Critic. Think about how you would talk to a friend who is going through a difficult time. What language would you use to show them compassion? Definitely not the harsh and hurtful language I was using to talk to myself, like how I'm an awful human being, how I'm worthless and unlovable. I would never say this to any of my friends, especially when they are hurting. Kristen also shared a story about taking care of her son with autism and how she sometimes felt frustrated and disappointed with her situation and then would feel ashamed for having those feelings. But then she would go through a process of allowing herself to feel all of those feelings, acknowledging that she was going through a hard time and showing herself warmth and support. When she showed herself more self-compassion during those difficult times, it was a reminder to herself that she is human and has struggles, and we all have struggles and that's okay. It was a reminder to herself that it's natural and normal to feel frustrated and disappointed sometimes. And when she showed herself warmth and understanding for her emotions, she was able to show her son more compassion as well. As I do more research on compassion, I'm realizing how important it is to show compassion to myself and others, especially in difficult and complicated situations. Earlier, I talked about how I had to mourn in private, and that really fucking sucked. I felt like I had to wear a mask everywhere I went and pretend everything was okay, but I felt so much shame and guilt inside. I didn't feel like I could share or talk through what I was going through with like almost 99% of the people in my life because I just wanted to avoid all the judgment. Why would I want more judgment when I was already judging myself pretty harshly? But I did tell a few people close to me what was happening at the time because I really needed the support because I felt so alone. And I knew they'd be super understanding and kind to me, way more kind than I was being to myself. I knew they wouldn't judge and I knew they wouldn't tell me what to do or how to feel. They would just be there for me and listen to my struggles. They were with me throughout this entire journey of hell and I honestly wouldn't know where I would be or what I would have done if I didn't have them and sharing with them helped with my feelings of shame 
One of my favorite authors, Brene Brown, has some great work out there on shame and self-compassion as well. And in her book, Daring Greatly, she says, If we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Self-compassion is also critically important, but because shame is a social concept, it happens between people, it also heals best between people. A social wound needs a social bomb, and empathy is that bomb. Self-compassion is key because when we're able to be gentle with ourselves in the midst of shame, we're more likely to reach out, connect, and experience empathy. And the people I chose to tell were incredibly empathetic, and I'm so glad they were. Another take on compassion comes from Lori Gottlieb, who is a therapist and an author. Her point of view is that having compassion for someone doesn't mean you forgive them or their actions. In her book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, she writes, You can have compassion without forgiving. There are many ways to move on, and pretending to feel a certain way isn't one of them. I can't pretend to forgive this person. I can't force myself to forgive him. But I do have compassion for him. He is a flawed individual who made a bad choice, and so am I. Nobody lives a perfect life, no matter how they portray themselves to the world. No one is without fault or mistakes. Lori also has an awesome TED Talk called How Changing Your Story Can Change Your Life. YouTube it when you have the chance because it's really, really good and super insightful. It's only 16 minutes long, and it has allowed me to see my story in a different way. In a portion of her talk, she says to think about the people in your story and try to see things from their point of view. In my story, I felt that he valued his feelings and desires more than our friendship, but I don't know that for sure. And when I reframe the situation and think about what happened from his perspective, I think I know him well enough to know that his intentions were not to hurt me, even if I did feel hurt. I know he didn't tell me he was in love with me for years to make me feel bad, even if it did. Now, reframing the story doesn't mean I don't acknowledge and take responsibility for my role. It means that I take responsibility for my part in the story, but while I hold that responsibility, I know I also need to forgive myself. I can't go back and change history, but I can change the meaning I attach to that story, and I can change what happens to me tomorrow. And the next day, I can't change the facts of what happened, but I can change the story I've been telling myself. The story I was telling myself for a long time was that I was unlovable and disposable. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. But I can stop telling myself that story. I can edit and revise that story. I can make a choice to stop telling myself that story. I saw this quote recently that said, you are not unlovable because someone important to you didn't know how to love you. Yes, it was devastating and it was so heartbreaking for me to have been in love with someone I couldn't be with and who didn't choose me and who I knew wouldn't choose me despite his love for me. But it has allowed me to learn so much about life, love, grief, forgiveness, and compassion. And I can control my response to what happened with what I know now about forgiveness and showing ourselves and others kindness and compassion. 
I'd like to end this episode with a lovely mindfulness practice I discovered last year called the loving kindness meditation that helps in showing others and ourselves more compassion. And I invite you to try this practice to help you show compassion to those you love, those who may be difficult to love, and also to yourself. So what you do is close your eyes, think of someone specific, and repeat some mantras like these in your head. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you be free of pain and suffering. And may you find peace. And so that I don't forget to include myself in loving kindness, I say it again with I. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be safe. May I be free from pain and suffering. And may I find peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. The resources and books I've mentioned are listed in my show notes if you're interested. And next week, I will talk about how being vulnerable has helped me on my journey of forgiving myself. I'd really appreciate a click on the follow button for my show. And if you think this episode or any of my other episodes could help someone you know, please share it with them. And if you need any guidance on grief or loss or anything mental health related, visit vanessachu.com coaching. It's where you can ask me a question anonymously and I'll send you back a personalized response based on your question. That website again is vanessachu.com coaching.